Hey guys, Abel here. Welcome back to another video. And in today's video, our topic is the best workout split. Uh, should you arrange your workout in a body part split or upper lower or push pull legs or full body fashion? Which one is the best? This is our topic today. I think it's a valuable thing to talk about because I know that especially for people that are somewhat newer to lifting or maybe they just haven't completely geeked out on the science of lifting, this is often a source of stress or just something that they love to think about and overthink and as the opinions of other more experienced trainees about. So I think it's good if we address this topic in a bit more depth. Now, just before someone tunes in and lets me know that Dr. Mike Israel has done a video about this topic, I know I have seen the title of the video on the thumbnail, but I intentionally didn't watch the video because I actually planned on addressing this topic for a long time and I didn't want his video to influence my thinking either by unintentionally copying him or actually by intentionally not addressing certain things because I don't want to seem like I'm copying him. So I want it to be completely unbiased. So I haven't seen that video. So if I'm copying him, just to let you know, it's not on purpose. Another small disclaimer that I want to make, or it's more like a plug, is that I'm actually writing a training book slash ebook at the moment. I'm at the finishing stages, and uh, this is going to be one of the topics that I'm addressing there, but I'm sort of spilling the beans here. But I will let you know when that happens. But let's jump into this topic and talk about training splits. So the first really important thing to address about this topic, I think, is that when it comes to the exact training splits that you're following, it's really, really not the maker or breaker of your progress. Basically, your training split is just an organizational tool. It's basically the scheduling tool of your training. When it comes to your work, you have a weekly schedule. That's important, of course, like it helps a lot if you know exactly what's going to happen on Monday and on Wednesday, there will be deadlines. Maybe you have some kind of a productivity system that you've seen somewhere. It helps if you have that, but ultimately, when it comes down to what's going to determine how much money you will end up making, it's the actual work that you're doing, right? Do you have a well-paying job in the first place? Or are you good at that job? These are the important things. Your schedule is basically just a facilitator of all of that. So similarly, in the case of training, the things that are actually going to determine how much muscle you will end up building are other things like training volume, training effort, exercise selection, training stress and how well you are recovering from that and these kinds of things. And then your training split is basically just an organizational tool of all of those things. Now, all of that is not to say that your training split is completely unimportant. Like, no, I mean, if you take the time to go to the gym and to train hard and all of these things, then you might as well think a bit about how you're going to arrange and distribute your training volume, your exercises and all of those things. So let's talk a bit about what makes for a good training split. Like what are the main characteristics that a training split should have so that we can say, okay, like this is well arranged, well organized, like this stuff is well put together. So the first things, very obviously, it all starts with logistics, okay? Like you have to work with the realities of your life. For example, silly example, but kind of just to point out what I mean, if you have two days to train during the week, then obviously you're not going to follow a five-way body part split, okay? So you can only work with what you actually can do. So whatever split you're following, 
it has to suit your life and your logistical makeup. Maybe, for example, the way your schedule works out and your logistics works out is that you will use two different gyms during the week for different workouts. So some days a week, you will have to travel somewhere. And where you're traveling, there is a really cool gym nearby. And you have like two hours of gap in the middle of the day where you can fit in a workout. So you will do, I don't know, like two workouts a week there. And then three workouts a week you will do at home in your home gym. And your home gym consists of a squat rack, barbells, dumbbells, and some weight plates. And that's it. So obviously, if that's the case, then you will work with that. And it would make sense to put all your machine work and cable work and things like that on the day when you're using that commercial gym. Because like you... And so it would make sense if you arrange things in a way so that you would cram in all the machine work and uh, cable work and things like that on the days when you're using that commercial gym. And then on the other days of the week, you will be working out at home and you will be using more kind of basic compound movements like squats, deadlift variations, barbell, bench presses, things like that. And there's obviously nothing magical about like a three to two setup where three days of the week you're doing compound lifts with barbells and two days of the week you're doing machine work and cable work. But if that's what your logistics dictates, then that's the best arrangement probably for you. The next thing is fatigue management. And basically how good are we at managing needless fatigue in the training sessions that we have? Now, needless fatigue is the key term here because obviously there will be fatigue in your training sessions and we cannot skip that. But are there sessions, for example, that are just way more disproportionately more fatiguing than other sessions? If that's the case, so some sessions are like super, super crushingly hard, and other sessions are like, well, man, like I don't even really feel like I worked out, then we have to have a good reason if that's going to be the case. All else being equal, the best thing is to have a relatively evenly distributed fatigue so that no session is way too easy and no session is way too hard. And it's not just about comfort or convenience, it's about actual optimality or optimizing. If you're really fatigued in a session, in the actual muscles that you want to train, you're acutely fatigued locally in the muscles, then that's going to limit your performance. It's actually going to limit your work output. You're going to be weaker. And that is ultimately in the long term, most likely going to limit how much muscle you will build as well. Another thing is trackability, how easy it is to track your performance over time. You will kind of see how this plays out in practice, but some training arrangements are just inherently better for this. It's easier to actually track how well your lifts are improving over time. In some other instances, it's not so much the case, but if I elaborated more on this, then basically I would spoil the rest of the video. So actually let's talk about the splits themselves. So on these factors, how do the bro split, the push-pull leg split, the upper lower split, and the full body split compare? So let's start right away with the bro split, which is arguably the most famous and probably still the most popular split out there, at least in commercial gyms. Most people that are not super well read and are not familiar with the latest research on training frequency, probably they are still going to be starting out with a body part split where Monday is chest and then Tuesday is arms and shoulders, Wednesday is legs, Thursday is back, and then Friday is um, whatever else that is left. The intention here at least is to train a muscle group once a week. So chest, you would be only hitting on Monday, arms, you would only be hitting on Tuesday, let's say. 
In practice, what usually ends up happening is that you still end up hitting a muscle group unintentionally, at least multiple times a week, because you cannot not train your triceps if you have a chest day, unless you only do chest flies. You cannot not train your biceps if you have a back day, unless um, you're only doing pullovers or something like that. Like there will be overlap in a lot of exercises. And so most muscle groups will be hit multiple times a week. Some muscle groups will be actually closer to a true one time a week frequency, for example, chest, like if you're not doing some kind of a horizontal press, then you're not really going to be training your chest. Although again, if you're doing a pullover to some extent, that is also going to train your chest, even though the intention is to train your back with it. If you're doing even a pull down to some extent is going to still involve the chest. But you know, very dedicated direct work is only going to occur one time a week for these muscle groups. So let's talk about the pros and cons. Let's start with the good stuff first. One of the main benefits of a bro split or body part split is that it's very straightforward. Like there is really not a lot of overthinking that can be done here. Basically, all you need is just knowing what exercises train a given muscle group and then having some minimal understanding of which exercises are better than others. But really, if you're just looking at how some really muscular people are training, then you're not going to be that far off. So for the chest, like, yes, like barbell bench press, dumbbell bench press, some kind of a pec deck fly, and you're pretty much good to go. Of course, we can split hairs on, you know, which presses are the best, like is a converging chest press machine better than a barbell bench press. But you know, again, these are not going to be the things that are gonna determine whether you will have a great physique or a kind of shitty physique. But really, if you just know the basics, you will be largely good to go. And that's pretty much all you need to know to put together a bro split. With some of the other splits that we are going to be talking about, spoiler alert, I actually think that there is more potential to make them more optimal than a bro split. But there are considerably more ways to screw yourself up with those as well. And so there is also more room for overthinking as well. With the bro split, this is really not an issue. It's very straightforward. Another benefit of the bro split is that you can really satisfyingly completely exhaust and blast a muscle group on a given day. Like you go in there, you train your arms, like you're going to be having some crazy pumps in your arms. You're going to feel like a God at the end of it. And it can be a really satisfying feeling. Like uh, probably most of you have some kind of a favorite muscle group that you really like training. If you can dedicate a whole day to that muscle group, that's really awesome at times. Like the pump and the burn and that soreness that you get after that is just a really satisfying feeling. Another nice thing is that once you train the muscle group, you're really done with that muscle group for the week. That can be maybe a bad thing, actually, if you really like training that muscle group, like I wish I could train my chest again later that week. But at the same time, you no longer have to worry whether you will get in the required volume for that muscle group. Like, for example, when you do very high frequency training, where you do only a little bit of volume on each day, basically, even though you already trained that muscle group on Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday at times, you're still not sure if you're actually going to get in even 12 sets for that muscle group by the end of the week. Like if uh, an unexpected business travel comes up on Friday, then, you know, three days are off from the gym and you're going to be falling way short of the amount of volume that you need for that muscle group. With the bro split, that's really not an issue. Once you did your, you know, 12, uh, 10 sets for your shoulders, let's say on Tuesday, 
you don't need to worry about it anymore. And that's pretty cool. Another potentially beneficial thing about a bro split is that the risk of developing some kind of an overuse, like repetitive overuse injury is considerably lower because any given movement in your routine is going to be done so infrequently. So if you're only training your legs on Tuesday or Wednesday or whatever, and you're only squatting on that day, then yeah, it's very unlikely that all of a sudden you will develop some very annoying, like out of the blue type niggle in your knees, because there's that one day where you're training that muscle group with that particular movement pattern, and the rest of the week is there for you to just recover. So, I mean, you can almost injure yourself once a week and recover by the next week. With higher frequency training, I mean, this can actually be an issue, and I've definitely run into this problem with my knees, for example, like very frequent squat patterns that are repeated. If you have sensitive knees, yeah, like you have three, four or more opportunities during the week to mess up your knees because you're doing those types of movements. I would say also if you have an injury and you want to work around that, it can be nice to have a lower training frequency because basically by blasting a muscle group with similar movements in a one given session, you're basically using a pre-fatiguing training method. So what you're doing is by each subsequent exercise, you're getting more and more fatigued, weaker and weaker. Like by the time you're doing your third or fourth exercise, you will be too weak to hurt yourself. Even if you're doing a barbell back squat or a hack squat or something, maybe if you did those hack squats fresh, then either you would have to use a lot of weight, which could mess up your knees if they are sensitive, or you have some kind of a pre-existing injury already or you have to work around that, for example, by doing very high reps or very slow tempos, which can be brutal, pretty tough, like very, very taxing and draining, not a very pleasant experience. If you're already very fatigued in your quads because you already did you know, barbell squats and leg presses and leg extensions, then this is not going to be an issue because you cannot use very heavy weights even if you want to on those hack squats. So yeah, as you can see, there are lots of nice benefits to a bro split. It's not at all a useless split, even though many people in the evidence-based fitness world are viewing it that way. No, there are definitely benefits, but let's talk about some of the cons as well. So the weird thing about the bro split is that the things that are making it pleasant and nice to use, those are the same things that are kind of making it not so optimal in some ways. So for example, yes, it's very satisfying to really blast the muscle group in one session and get a crazy pump and that crazy, nice, satisfying soreness afterwards. But that is the same thing that is going to limit your performance by the end of the session so much that either you will have to use very, very light weights, which might actually be suboptimal because they are so light, or you can use heavier weights, but then you will only get like three, four reps or something like that. So there is probably an intensity threshold, intensity as in percentage of your 1RM that you don't want to go under in any given lift, any given exercise, if your goal is muscle building. So you don't want to go under like, you know, 30% of your 1RM. And probably you also want to have at least like four or five reps in any given set that you're doing to have enough, you know, repetition volume or time under load, basically. That is important, like that much volume you need to accumulate in any given set to make that set maximally effective, basically. We don't know this for sure, but there's a good chance that this is the case. In the case of a bro split, if you really fatigue yourself by the end of your session, this could be an issue. Like on some movements, you could actually fall below these kind of thresholds that I just mentioned. And in the long term, this could be an issue for muscle growth. And over the long term, I would actually expect the bro split to perform worse for this reason. 
a lot of people have built amazing physiques on the bro split and i'm not saying that they would have built like monumentally better physiques if they didn't use a bro split but something else but i would say that probably a lot of those people have done more volume because they used the bro split than what would have been necessary otherwise because they had to basically make up for that lowered training quality that they get by the end of their sessions I would also say that maybe they could have reached their eventual physiques sooner if they didn't use a bro split. And most of this really comes down to just excessive acute fatigue in your sessions. A consequence of this is that a bro split is not very adaptable to higher or lower volumes. Like there is some indication because of the reasons that I just mentioned, the excessive acute fatigue, that probably the maximal number of heart sets that you should do in any one session for a muscle group is about, you know, 10-ish sets. Maybe it's 12, maybe it's only eight, but you know, in that ballpark. If you do more than that, you can do it, of course, but there's a good chance that those additional sets are going to be incrementally more and more subpar in terms of their quality. So they just don't count as much as another set that you would just put on another session on another day when you're fresher. So basically a bro split could actually kind of confine you to like 10, 12 high quality sets. Beyond that, you're basically doing lower quality work. So essentially what this means is that a bro split is potentially not very adaptable to different training stages or different stages of your training journey. Like for a beginner, a bro split could be completely fine because you don't need that much volume for an intermediate as well. But you know, some people, when they reach the advanced stage, they might actually get to a point where they need 20 sets or more. It might not be as common as we think, but it definitely does happen. For those people, a bro split might just not be that viable because they could get better results if they just did more frequent training for any given muscle group. And so they would get higher quality sets, higher quality work. Another potential downside of the bro split, and once again, in some instances, this is a nice benefit, as I mentioned, but in other contexts, this can be a big downside, is that if you miss a training session, you basically missed the entire week's worth of training volume for that muscle group. And of course, like you can make up for that later. Like, I don't know, maybe normally you did legs on Tuesday. Now you missed that session. So instead you will do that on Saturday, whereas normally Saturday would have been a rest day. You can do this, but you know, your chances of doing this are more limited this way. You know, if you missed two sessions a week, now it's going to be much, much harder to make up for that. If it's three, then it's even harder. Of course, making up for three days worth of missed sessions is always going to be hard, no matter what kind of split you're following. But if your split is set up in a way so that it actually allows for more flexibility, because let's say you're following a full body setup, then it's much easier to kind of just fit exercises on different days. If you have a whole back day, then, you know, throwing on top of that some, you know, heavy leg work that you just missed is going to be much more challenging. So this is a big downside. Another logistical issue is that if you come to the gym, let's say it's a chest day, and one of the machines that you were about to use is taken, or let's say the bench press is taken, which actually can be a big issue in many gyms. I don't know where you folks live that are watching this video. In most gyms that I attend, commercial gyms, many times they will have only one spot for the bench press. If they have two, that's 
above average, that's considered to be good. So if you arrive to the gym and let's say the first two exercises that you wanted to do, you can't do because the equipment is taken, that's really annoying because then you will have to move on to another lift, which maybe you put that third in order on purpose because it's just not so good of an exercise to track your progress with. Let's say it's a machine fly or something like that. So now you will have to do that or just sit around for like 10, 15 minutes and wait for the equipment. That's really annoying because you will basically mess up your ability to track your progress on that week. Like you do chest flies before you would do your bench presses or, you know, some good chest press machine, you will be more acutely fatigued in that muscle. So, you know, your performance is kind of out the window on that day. If you're using some kind of another split where you're not just training one muscle group on, in that session, then you can just move on to something else, an unrelated muscle group, not really impact your performance on the bench press, let's say, and the session is not messed up. So this is kind of an annoying downside, potential downside of the bro split as well. So yeah, let's give a score to the bro split on a couple of different factors. So simplicity, it's a five out of five. So as I said, it's very straightforward. Feel good factor, five out of five. Like I said, amazing pumps and really satisfying burning in the muscles and soreness and all of those good things. Workout output optimality. So how much is your performance optimized on a bro split on the lift that you have in your routine? One out of five. Like I said, it's not good on that front. Adaptability to high and low volumes. It's a one out of five again. As I said, it could be problematic if you need to do a high volume routine. And then logistical convenience, you know, how much of an issue you will potentially have by running into these annoying problems logistically because of your split. It's a one out of five. Again, if your bench press is taken, that's really annoying on a chest day. So things like this are not making it very convenient logistically. So the final score of the bro split is 13 points, which is kind of an unlucky number, which is very unfortunate. Uh, I wish at least it was like 12 or something like that. So the next routine we are going to evaluate is the push-pull legs routine. Um, as, you, as the name suggests, you have a day where you're doing pushing exercises, then you have a day where you're doing pulling exercises, and then you have a legs day where you're doing bicep work. Just kidding. You're training your lower body, obviously. It's a pretty cool split. You can make it work with all kinds of schedules. You can have a three-day split with it. So Monday push, Wednesday pull, Friday legs. So, you know, still pretty low body part frequency. That way you can have a six-day split. So push-pull legs, push-pull legs. You can even trade seven days a week. You can have five-day splits. So it's pretty adaptable. And all in all, it's once again, a pretty popular split. Uh, lots of successful bodybuilders are using push-pull leg splits. So let's look at some of the pros and cons. So one of the pros of the push-pull leg split is actually pretty similar to the bro split. You can really blast a given muscle group, not quite as much as uh, in the case of a body part split, but still, if you have a push day, then you're definitely gonna have a lot of nice pumps and burns and soreness in your chest and also in your front delts, triceps, you know, in all these exercises, there is a lot of overlap between these exercises as well. And all in all, I would say that a push-pull leg split is a nice middle ground for people that want to have some of the optimality of these more evidence-based kind of training principles, but still want to have that feel-good factor of a body part split, let's say. So you get to blast a given muscle group quite well still on a push-pull leg split, but you're still getting the benefit of a higher training frequency. Most typically, a given muscle group will be trained two days per week, at least directly. Some of the cons or potential downsides of a push-pull leg split, it's 
kind of the same thing as with the body part split, albeit to a much lesser extent. So if you're not setting it up well, then you could induce a lot of acute fatigue in certain muscle groups, and that could needlessly limit your performance by the end of the session, and that basically runs you into the same problems as what you would have on a body part split. Now, the difference here is that you can actually work around this much better than on a body part split. So for example, if you have a push day, yeah, if you screw things up and you put like, you know, three chest exercises in a row and you don't rest long enough, especially between them, then that could get you into problems. And you know, the third chest exercise could suffer quite a lot in terms of your performance. But if you're setting it up more smartly, then, you know, let's say you do a chest exercise, then a side delt exercise, like some kind of a lateral raise, then you do a tricep exercise, then another chest exercise that doesn't use the triceps, let's say a chest fly, then another side delt exercise, you know, you can arrange things in a way so that the limitation of your performance and the, the compromising of your performance and work output is minimized a lot more. So you can work around this a lot more, but it requires some extra thought. And, you know, all else being equal, if you didn't just have these kind of quote unquote push exercises in these sessions, then you would have an easier time working around this. And still, if you're working around this, probably it would still be a bit better from this perspective. And kind of the issue is the same potentially as what you would have on a body part split logistically. If you arrive to the gym on a push day and then, you know, the bench press and then, you know, like the barbell where you would want to do overhead presses, those are taken by someone that it's really annoying. You kind of have to wait around because if you move on to the pec deck fly or to the, you know, skull crusher or whatever, then again, it kind of messes up your exercise ordering and the trackability of your performance. So it's annoying. So these are some logistical issues which could potentially happen on a push-pull leg split as well. So let's give it a score. Again, um, I went through this much, much quicker than uh, the body part split because most of the points I addressed already in the case of the body part split and also many of the principles that I will want to emphasize here. So I just didn't need that much time here. But nevertheless, uh, simplicity, it's a four out of five, not a five out of five, like in the case of the bro split. Uh, but it's still pretty simple to put together a push-pull leg split because you kind of know which the push exercises are. Feel good factor, four out of five. Once again, you can blast muscle group really nicely, just not as much as in the case of the bro split. Then work output optimality, it's a two out of five, so it's definitely better than in the case of the bro split, but maybe I should have given it a higher score. It's a little bit harsh, if I'm being really honest. Then adaptability to high and low training volumes, it's a two out of five, so once again, a step up from the bro split. And then logistical convenience, two out of five. So all in all, it's just better on all fronts than the bro split, so it will get 14 points instead of 13. Okay, so the next split that we have here is the upper lower split. Uh, once again, a very popular split, uh, especially in more modern times, I would say. Uh, it's kind of viewed as one of the more kind of evidence-based splits and training arrangements. And I would say for a good reason, like the upper lower split is just a very intelligent way of setting things up because on upper days, you're training your biceps only, on lower days, you're training your triceps only. Just kidding. Obviously, it's upper body and then lower body. And basically, it's a big step up from the push-pull leg split and certainly from the bro split. 
it has numerous benefits that those others please don't have. For example, the door just opens up to a lot higher training volumes if you need them. So, you know, you can potentially train your upper body three days a week, even four days a week, depending on how you set things up. So if you need even, you know, like let's say 40 sets a week, which you don't, spoiler alert, but if you did, you know, you have four upper body sessions, you do 10 sets for a given muscle group, no problem, you can make it work. If you need, you know, something more reasonable like 20 sets, I mean, absolutely no problem, you know, five sets, four days a week, it's very easy to get that in. So an upper lower split has a lot more adaptability. Also, a lot of these downsides that I mentioned, like, you know, logistically running into the problem of your equipment being taken and your whole session being messed up because of that, it's very easy to work around it. Because let's say you come to the gym, you were going to do the bench press first, but it's taken, you just move on to the lat pull down, and that is going to limit your performance much, much less than another chest exercise would or an overhead press would, even a lateral raise would, you know, because, you know, like it, it still fatigues the side delts, which are to a small extent, but the side delts are involved in the case of the bench press as well. So much more adaptability and flexibility and overall just a lot better platform for really optimizing your work output and workout performance. So does the upper lower split have any downsides? I would say there's only one that I can think of, and that's the existence or the presence of lower body days, which are just going to be very demanding compared to upper body days in most instances. A leg day, unless, I don't even know what you would have to do to not make it quite a bit more demanding than most upper body days in you know a reasonably volumed routine or a routine with a reasonable amount of volume per muscle group. You know, if you have a deadlift variation and a squat variation within the same day, that is already going to induce a lot more fatigue than, you know, most other arrangements that you could even think of for an upper body day. Training the lower body is just generally very demanding. These are big muscles, you know, the quads and the hamstrings, obviously the calves training that is not that demanding, but if you do, you know, squats, uh, deadlift variations, even leg extensions, you know, it induces a lot of cardiovascular fatigue. You're breathing very heavy. By the end of those, you're going to be very drained. So yes, like that is kind of a downside. And this is only the physiological side of things. Men, especially often don't like training legs very much. So still you will have multiple days or at least one day when it's only legs. It's, you know, potentially not going to treat you very well mentally if you don't, don't like leg days. That is really the only main thing that I can think of. The other one is a much more minor thing, or at least that's a much more manageable thing. And that is the fact that because you have so much more freedom, it also requires you to think more about things. And that is also giving you more of an opportunity to overthink things and to fall for a bit of paralysis by analysis. So that is kind of a downside, but uh, I would say that's a more minor one. So let's give it a score. So simplicity, it's three out of five. So it's quite a bit more complicated and quite a bit more ways to mess it up than a bro split or a push pull leg split. Feel good factor, it's a three out of five. You don't get to blast any girl muscle group, not nearly as much as you would in the case of a bro split, let's say. Work output optimality, it's a three out of five. So that's a big, big step up from a bro split, which only was a one out of five for a good reason, I would say. Adaptability to higher training volumes and lower ones as well. 
well. It's four out of five, so it's very adaptable in that sense. You know, three, four training sessions for a given muscle group, that's, you know, more than enough than what you need to make high volumes work. Logistical convenience, it's a four out of five. Um, actually, I didn't touch on that much. No, I did. So yeah, it's pretty cool on that front. So it's a big, big improvement. It's 17.5 points. Holy shit, we are really talking business here. An upper lower split, I would say that if I had to give the workout split template to any given random person, like if aliens came down and the first question was, what type of a workout split should I use? I would say start with an upper lower split. That is basically like the, the workout split that is basically going to cover the largest range of people out there and is going to be quote unquote optimal for the most amount of people out there. And then lastly, let's talk about full body splits um, or the way I like to call them hybrid splits because a full body split in my view doesn't necessarily have to mean that you're training every single muscle group in every single session that you have. Although technically that would be the correct way to think about it. So let's call it hybrid splits. It basically just means not having any limitation of what you can train in what training sessions. So just because you're training your biceps, it doesn't mean that you cannot also train your calves or your glutes or what have you. So what do we think of these splits? Well, it basically is free from all of those annoying limitations that a bro split would have or a push-pull leg split would have and even an upper lower split would have. So in my view, it's just a slight upgrade on all of these things. Now, it doesn't mean that it doesn't have any cons. It certainly does. But purely from a work output optimization and a logistical convenience point of view, I would say that the hybrid split or full body split is beating all of these. So what was the biggest issue with a bro split and a push-pull leg split? is that you're potentially inducing a lot of acute fatigue in the muscles that you train by the end of your sessions. This doesn't have to be the case with a full body split, let's say, or a hybrid split, because if you're training you know, your quads, your hamstrings, your lats, your chest, and your side delts in the same session, like these are basically all muscle groups that are not completely unrelated, but the acute fatigue that is overlapping is much less than in the case of a bro split. So let's say that in a given session, your chest exercise is the last one. Well, in the case of a push-pull leg split, that could already be problematic because even if your rotating exercise is pretty well, you know, the last exercise is still going to suffer from quite a bit of acute fatigue. Like even if you just did like an overhead press and only one chest exercise before that, you know, your chest is not going to be completely fresh, so the performance is going to be limited, which is not only problematic because your actual work output is less, but also because it's hard to track your performance. Like, okay, so did I not get better in my chest now? Or did this exercise actually not get better? Or my performance is just masked because I did something else before that? Now, this is not going to be an issue necessarily because you didn't do anything for your chest on that day before that. So your chest, you know, as far as that is concerned, is ready to rock and roll. A hybrid split is also very highly adaptable in many ways. The training frequency that you're going to be using, it's basically infinite as far as your possibilities are concerned. You could train twice a week, but you could also train, you know, seven days a week for a given muscle group. Like if you train your chest seven days a week, that's totally viable if you want to do that. And so for that reason, also the amount of training volume that you can cram in is also infinite, basically. Like if you're doing seven sessions for a muscle group, which you could do if you wanted, I did that in the past and it totally works. I mean, you can fit in some ridiculously high training volumes. The highest I've gone is uh, 
around 50 sets. It was 49 sets, actually. It's quite brutal, but it is quite doable, actually, if you're doing a full body split or hybrid split. It would definitely not be doable with a bro split. Logistically, it can be highly convenient because once again, you arrive to the gym and let's say you wanted to do a bench press. Okay, the bench press spot is taken. So you would move on to a lat pull down because that's an unrelated muscle group. God damn it, the lat pull down is taken as well. Okay, so what should I do? All right, I'll do some cable lateral raises. Oh shit, that is taken as well. Man, so I have to wait around? No, because I can still do leg curls because that would be the next in order. Cool, I can do leg curls. And you know what? What if that is taken as well? Actually, that's not a huge issue either, because with this kind of a split, you have a lot more room to actually mess with the ordering of not just the exercises within one session, but also within multiple sessions. So let's say today you weren't going to do leg extensions. You were going to do, I don't know, like a hex squats, but God damn it, that is taken today as well. So I'm just going to do the leg extensions today. I'm going to put the hex squats for tomorrow. It's not ideal, like ideally you would have pretty good consistency with your exercise ordering and the ordering of your sessions and what you're doing in what session, but it's not the end of the world if you make switches like this. In the case of a bro split, I mean, God damn it, if you were to switch up the order of your shoulder day and your leg day, I mean, that could be a huge deal because if you put the leg day before your back day, let's say, then, you know, your back day could be destroyed because you are going to do deadlifts on that day or something like that. So you have a lot more room for things like this. And this makes a full body split or hybrid split just highly, highly adaptable and highly, highly flexible. And to be honest, this is the reason why I always end up gravitating back to a hybrid split or full body split multiple times over the course of this past year, for example, I made the decision that I'm going to do a push-pull leg split or an upper-lower just because I wanted to do something different. I've been doing these full-body splits for so long that I was like, okay, I just want to do something different. Like, what if I would really enjoy those? But because of these logistical issues and the lack of flexibility, I always end up going back to these full-body splits because they are just that much more convenient. Also, tracking your performance is very straightforward. And, and as a coach especially, this is a dream. Like... If I see that a person's bench press is not improving, then I know that, okay, like we have to do something about that bench press. And it's definitely a chest thing or at least a bench press thing. It's not because like they did a chest press machine before or an overhead press before, which acutely limited their pressing strength. So, okay, so like, is it the bench press or is it just that the overhead press is limiting them a lot within that session? I don't have these little dilemmas that I have to play with all the time. So as a coach, it's really, really nice when your client is using a split like this. It's making tracking a lot easier. So there are some very nice benefits to a hybrid split or full body split. Of course, there are some downsides as well. And I would say that the big biggest downside is is that you have basically infinite freedom like there is an infinite number of ways you could set up a full body split and that is basically also giving you an infinite number of ways to screw it up and at times actually screw it up really really badly i've seen some pretty funny setups out there now you don't have to be an expert or a high level expert certainly to make it like really viable so you don't need to have a coach or even like an elaborate training manual to make this work for yourself but you can definitely screw it up so there are some kind of rules of thumb that i like to adhere to when uh, putting together a full body split just a couple of like rules of thumb right now uh, seven exercises per session i like to make that the absolute limit more typically i like five or six that's much better only one compound lower body exercise per session. I like to limit things to that. It's not always possible, but 
many times it is. If possible, I like to have only one exercise for one muscle group per session. And also, whenever possible, I like to limit one exercise to three or four sets per session. So basically, that is kind of the rule of thumb kind of uh, collection that I have, which I use to then determine the training frequency. So I will try to set things up in a way so that all these things are possible to adhere to, like all of them. It's not always possible, but these are some pointers that I have. So yeah, I hope that those are all useful for you as well. So yeah, some other downsides potentially, you know, if you're having a really high training frequency, that could be problematic from an overuse injury perspective. Like for me, for example, my knees are sensitive if I do a lot of squat patterns. It wasn't an issue when I was a bit weaker. I couldn't use such heavy weights, or maybe I was just younger and my knees were just not so fucked up yet. But uh, yeah very frequent, you know, knee flexion and extension that I have with these squat patterns. It just doesn't work well for me. So I try to limit my quad frequency, my quad training frequency to two times a week, most of the time. If I go up to like three, four, five, most often my knees are getting incrementally more pissed off and I can work around it. But to be honest, it's just simple, simpler for me to have only two quad days per week. So you know, it could be an issue for you. It might be a different area of your body, like your shoulders or elbows or what have you. So there are these potential downsides that you have to think of as well. Not always the case, but um, certainly an issue that you wouldn't run into with, you know, a body part split, let's say. So yeah, let's give a final score to these full body or hybrid splits. So simplicity is a two out of five. So that's a big drop from the bro split, which was a five out of five. Feel good factor, two out of five, once again. There's definitely one downside of these full body splits is that you cannot really blast a given muscle group in one session. Otherwise, it wouldn't really be a hybrid split or a full body split. Um, the work output optimality is a perfect five out of five. And, you know, if you're after maximal muscle growth, I think that should weigh a bit more to you than the feel good factor or the simplicity, you know. Adaptability to high and low training volumes, it's a five out of five. There is nothing more adaptable than this, I would say, unless you have like multiple daily sessions. Logistical convenience, it's a five out of five. So, so these are some really nice benefits. So all in all, it will have 19 points. So the bro split had 13, push pull legs had 14, upper lower 17.5, and this one has 19. So, you know, the upgrade from an upper lower split to this is not that big. And I think that is exactly how we should look at this. So it's not the case that if you're following this, then you're, you're going to have an amazing physique. And then if you're following an upper lower, then you will have an okay physique. And then if you follow a bro split, you will have a shit physique. No, like probably you're going to end up having the physique that you meant to have, no matter which one of these you're following. One of them might get you there a bit faster. And one of them might make you use your time more efficiently. Like I think... Some people, for example, who use bro splits are doing really high volumes and it's kind of a self-reinforcing thing because they say, okay, like unless I do like 25 sets for my chest, my chest is not improving. Well, but it actually could be that you wouldn't need 25 sets if your sets were higher quality because you trained your chest a bit more frequently, then maybe you would need, I don't know how many sets, but not 25. So, you know, these are kind of the consequences, I think, of using a less than optimal split. Um... But I would say that between a push-pull legs split and a full body split, we are already kind of splitting hairs as far as which one is better. And then between an upper lower split and a full body split, we are like really, really splitting hairs. Like we are not even splitting hairs. We are splitting like, like the hairs on your arms only. So, you know, it's not going to be the maker or breaker of your progress really. 
and I really mean that, it might just make for more time efficient or more convenient, less headachey progress. And what I always want to emphasize to people, and, and this is just a really important mindset shift that I think any ambitious trainee has to go through at one point, or any trainee that not only wants to build muscle, but also likes to use their brains have to go through, is that it's important to get out of the split mentality at a certain point. Like this is an organizational tool. So these terms like upper lower and push pull legs and bro split, these are just arbitrary terms. What matters is not the split itself or who used what kind of split in the past. It's about managing your training stress, training fatigue, and arranging your training volume in a way so that the needless fatigue is minimized. And in general, the stimulus and the fatigue that you're getting from your training is at an appropriate you know, proportion to one another. If you can accomplish this with, I mean, the hell I know, with a bro split, then that's all good. I think at a certain point, that's not going to be possible for most people. I think at a certain point, at least you will need something like a push-pull leg split. But let's not even say that you will need to train a muscle group at least you know, twice a week directly to really optimize things more. And at a certain point, you might benefit from a higher frequency, which in most cases will make for something like a full body split or at least a hybrid split. So that is really kind of uh, the end of the video. There's really not that much more that I want to add here. And I will have a few more videos like this uh, coming up and I'm going to address basically some chapters that I have uh, in the training book that I have coming up. Of course, there I will have even more details. So if you're curious, then uh, be sure to check out that book when it's out, but I will let you know, of course. So. Uh, um, yeah, that's pretty much all I wanted to say in this video. Let me know what you thought. Uh, if you have questions, please drop them down. Otherwise, subscribe and uh, like the video, please, to support the channel. And if you would like to work together with me in a coach-client kind of format or you want to do a consultation with me, then check out the description of the video. And with that, I will see you next time.